0: Show Me Your Mic, the podcast that talks to fellow podcasters about the podcasting and podcasts. Today I'm joined by Jeremy Keith, who actually doesn't podcast, but he does run a great service called Huff Duffer that aims to help listeners of podcasts discover other great podcasts. So I talked to Jeremy about uh, the origins of Huff Duffer, the name, the service, where it all came from, the future of the service, and of course, what podcasts he listens to We had some fun with Skype in this episode, so apologies in advance for any little dropouts and drop ins and swear words spoken in Skype's general direction. Be sure to stick around for the end of the show when we talk a little bit about uh, SSKTN's future and as it relates to Show Me Your Mic. So thanks for listening and enjoy the show. My thanks to Jeremy for joining me on Show Me Your Mic. He's a author speaker, HTML5 guru, amongst other things I have his book sitting on my shelf over here. If I could pass it through the Skype, I'd get it autographed. <laughs> but, Thank you uh, very much. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say at the outset for uh for more sort of if you're interested in Jeremy's work in the that arena, uh, you can check out the non-breaking space show chat we did with Jeremy uh just before I think it was just before Christmas, but I'll have a link in the show notes uh to that. Um a great chat that uh, Christopher Schmidt and Sam and Jeremy had, particularly on the. I love the discussion you guys had on owning your own data and that whole sort of. Yeah, that was good flip. fun. Yeah. That
1: was a that was good fun chat, on, only slightly marred by the clicking noise that turned out to be on the, yeah. on the track. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that caused me no amounts of grief, but I just in the end uh, thought, oh, I'll just leave it. it. It adds to the charm. <laughs> exactly. It adds to the
1: charm.
0: <laughs> and yeah. that way you can, wait, we kind of weeded out any of the real nerdy, hardcore audiophiles who would be annoyed by little things yeah. like a few <laughs> listeners to... Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the main reason why, uh, besides just getting the cha- chance to chat with you uh, about Brighton and <laughs> the UK and all, all sorts of other things, the main reason why I want to chat with you on Show Me Your Mic is not so much that you have your own podcast that I, I'm as aware of, but more what you're doing in the podcasting community and something that's a, become a bit of a passion interest of mine in promoting is the site you built called Huff Duffer.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: So maybe just for I'm curious, where did why did you start Huff Duffer? Where did it, the the genesis of that idea come from?
1: Well, I think the Genesis started was many years ago. I'm talking about like two thousand six, two thousand seven maybe. I remember uh John Hicks, designer here in the UK. He uh he would make this podcast of uh songs from bands. You know, a band would have a website and they'd throw up um, you know, a couple of MP3s, and so John made a podcast. It was literally just an RSS feed that pointed directly to the MP3 on the band's website. And so he he was making the RSS feed, but he wasn't making the audio, right? And that's, uh, it was a bit of a revelation to me to realize, oh, right, there's a separation between the podcast, which is this this audio, this uh, RSS file, and the contents, which are audio files that could be anywhere, and that a podcast is really just Another form of hypertext. You're linking to audio files. And meanwhile, for a couple of years, I'd kind of been wanting to collect um, not so much music, but spoken word things. Um, like maybe there'd be a conference and the audio was recorded and there was one really good talk. And meanwhile, over on this website, they've released this audio and there's this one really good episode. Um, so, this idea of cherry picking. Uh, So individual episodes or individual talks or individual songs without having to subscribe to a whole podcast of that stuff was something I'd kind of wanted for a while. And then when I saw John do it with this uh, sort of found sounds podcast of of music, I thought, oh, that's that's what I want to do. And then... uh, I thought, well, I don't want to write an RSS file by hand because that seems um, like a lot of work. (laughs) So, did the typical thing, you know, I'll 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 automate it. I'll I'll write a tool that will help me, you know, automatically generate an RSS feed of sound files from all over the web. And when I was doing that, I thought, well, you know, this is useful for me. Maybe it'll be useful for other people too. Um, So that's when I started the idea of I'll, I'll make it like a service that other people can do. But still the whole time kept thinking, you know, if nobody else uses this, that's absolutely fine. It's still useful for me. Um, and so I launched it, and that was Huff Duffer, and I started using it straight away. And then other people did start using it, and that was that was really nice. And um, So even though it's useful to the individual and you don't need to know that anybody else is even using it, you get these nice sort of network effects from the fact that other people are using it, especially if other people are tagging things and, and uh, you know, allowing things to be found easier through search. So now, where it used to be, you know, I'd spend all my time finding audio files out there on the web. Now, 50% of the time, I actually find the files on HuffDuff itself. I find, you know oh, somebody else has learned something interesting. That sounds good. I'll, I'll HuffDuff that myself.
0: And where did the name come from?
1: Built to scratch my own itch.
0: Oh, I lost you.
1: but then it's also very uh, nice that other people use it too. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, did I cut out?
0: You did for just a second there. I think we had some Skypey fun, which oh, is the joys oh, of podcasting. And still in 2014, we haven't conquered that one. Uh, Skype. <laughs> a podcast doesn't go by with. Our, I'm sure if we could somehow catalog the uh, the archives that are linked, which is that's what's kind of neat about Duffer is that there's no. You know, like you said, you're not storing the files, so it's not that there's massive server stores that you're dealing with. I would imagine, right? I
1: mean, it's, it, Huff Duffer itself is basically text only. It's yeah. just hypertext, um, and all the audio files are wherever the original publisher published them.
0: Yeah, which it's that's what I was wondering. What I asked you when the Skype sort of cut out there was was where did the name HuffDuffer come from?
1: Oh, I see. Um, well, when I was so I was making the service, I was trying to come up with a good name, and it was actually my wife suggested a name because. Uh, uh, we we both been reading um, Cryptonomicon by Neil Stevenson, and there's a bit in that book about huff-duffing, which is a a, a real thing that was done that you do, for example, during the war, um, which is all about triangulating signals. So uh, if you have a, a receiver uh, or a few receivers and. Positioned in different geographical areas, then you could triangulate the source of a signal. So you could find the source of an enemy transmission, for example. So, and and the term comes from uh, HFDF, which is high frequency direction finding, and that would get shortened to a- to just Duff, right? The HFDF would be referred to as oh, nice. Um And I thought, well, it, you know, it's it's nerdy. It's got uh, it's got that connection to. Cryptonomicon and Neil Stevenson, which makes it extra nerdy. So I thought Huff Duffer. And I deliberately didn't disemvowel it. I deliberately did you know didn't take out all the vowels like all the yeah. all the hip services <laughs> we doing at the time. So I had to keep it keep the E R at the end and not just make it huff Duffer, right. Which would have been the that would have been on trend at the time.
0: Yeah. But look who's laughing now. The vowels are back, yeah. back in vogue.
1: <laughs> yes, I've still got all my vowels.
0: <laughs> which ironically that's SSKTN is my city's name without the vowels. There you I, go. And I went the other Out way, the but it's yeah. it's dying. I think so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's and it's it's such a neat service, and I I love it. I know I think I know that uh, I can't remember where I first heard it, but I don't think it was Merlin Man. But he's definitely been the one who's been uh, pimping it or pitching it. <laughs> yeah, the he most.
1: Really, he really likes it, and that's you know that's an, that's immensely gratifying because you know he knows his stuff when it comes to podcasts and, and audio, but. I, I think it, it appeals to a certain kind of person. If it, you know, it's, if it's scratching the same itch that that I had, um, which is essentially I'm looking for. I used to say it was like delicious, but for audio, right? That idea of oh, I'm going to link to this thing and I'll tag it and I'll be able to find it for myself later. Um, but actually, I stopped. I stopped describing it as like delicious for audio, and now I kind of describe it more like Insta paper for audio, where instead of I'll read this later, it's like I'll listen to this later, um, and that. That resonates with some people, and they get it, and it clicks, and they end up using the service, you know, a lot. And other people, they look at it and say, "No, nah, I don't see why I would want to use this," and that's absolutely fine as well. But uh, but Merlin clearly it clicked. He it, it fitted with the way that he, uh, I think the way that he, you know, browses the web and and gathers things and and links to things. Um, so that was that was very gratifying to have someone someone like Merlin Mann using it.
0: Yeah, when I I'd, I'd asked him what I just, I'd mentioned him that you were going to be on the show just on Twitter, not I wasn't sitting with him talking. But anyways, he and he just wanted to pass on that he, he loves you. So
1: that's oh, that's that's, that's very very nice. of him. There you go.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, but,
1: he's a lovely guy.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah, and that's I you actually read my notes because I was going to ask you how do you explain it to people because that's often what I I have, it's it's kind of like is with Instapaper too. I when I explain it to people, they either gloss their head. Their eyes kind of yeah. gloss over and they're kind of like, I had, why would you just not read it? Why would you not, you know, why would you want to save yep. it for later? And same thing with Huff Duffer. It's kind of like, I'll just listen to the podcast. Like, my, I know my mother-in-law, she listens to podcasts by going to the web page and pressing play and sits in front of the computer and listens. while she, Presumably while she's doing other things, I don't know. Yeah, But, but that's and her. You know, if,
1: that, if, that's, if that's the way you want to do it, that's absolutely yeah. fine. Like, it's you know, certain people do things certain ways. and It's for a particular kind of person, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: But I love, that's what I love about what your service offers is not even so much the listen to it later aspect, which is great, but the, the, what you said, the sort of cherry picking, that's the way I use it. And and it sounds like, you know, what Merlin triggers for him too, is that ability to just grab one episode, taste it, and then, you know, sort of go back for more if you really want to, or, or just cherry pick, you know, you follow, we have so many interview shows on the web and podcast form like this one, where maybe you just want to follow everything that Jeremy Keith talks about, but don't know how to necessarily listen to me talk all the time, or whatever or vice versa <laughs> yeah.
1: and it it can be good for for you know testing st- testing shows out like i'll I'll have to f- an episode and then another episode and then another episode, and eventually realize, you know what, I actually like all the episodes of this podcast i'm just going to subscribe to the whole podcast um so it's it's kind of a nice way of 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 testing a podcast without having to subscribe to the whole thing and you know have it pop up every week yeah and yeah other podcasts, it's like yeah, no, I like one episode here and there and uh, if it sounds like something that's uh, the subject matter particularly interests me, then I'll huff stuff it. Otherwise, maybe not, you know, do it on a case-by-case basis. Yeah.
0: So do you want it to be, this is what's, it's kind of a, one of those neat services where it feels like, again, like within that right niche of you know, Instapaper folks or whatever, similar kind of folks, where it, the popularity of the service, it kind of seems like one of those things that, where it should be more well-known and, but you do very little as far as I can tell anyways, to sort of promote it. It's not like I see Facebook ads for it or, (laughs) you know, those kinds of things. It's kind of just like you let there, there isn't, you know, there's not advertising on it. It's not something that's making you money in as, in as much as I can tell anyways. Um, so it's sort of just a labor of love kind of side project thing that you do.
1: Very, very much so. Yeah, it's not. It's not intended to make money, and it. it would feel really strange to put to put ads on it or anything like that. It's like I said. I mean, it's a useful service for me, and I'm getting something out of it myself. And other people using it, that's fine. I do. I mean, I would like it if the right kind of people could find it. Like every so often, someone will find Half Duffer, and they'll they'll say, "Oh, this! I've been wanting something like this for years. I didn't know this existed. This is great." um and i have the horrible feeling maybe there's more people like that out there and they don't know about Huff Duffer because i as you say i don't really do any promotion for it i don't i don't mention it that often uh and that would be a shame if like there's there's just individual people who would really really benefit from using it and obviously would would also contribute a lot to Huff Duffer by by Huff Duffing interesting stuff um so i do sometimes feel bad about that like oh maybe i should be um you know getting the word out more but on the other hand you know, I think most people, if I did do a big push, a big publicity push, I said, you should come and use Effort, they would come, they would try it out, and they'd go, no, it's it's not for me, because it really isn't for most people, I think. Um, it was interesting, because I did get uh, a big influx of people um, for not the wrong reasons, but not the usual reasons, which was when the site launched, I I, I did the sign-up form in this kind of, I guess it was interesting way. Right. So, I remember. Yeah.
0: That. There's, yeah.
1: Right. So this kind of what, what uh, I remember Dan Cedar home linked to and he said, yeah, check out the Mad Libs sign-up form on HuffTuffer where it's written like, you know, my name is blank and I'm, my email address is blank, blah, blah, blah. Now I didn't think that was any big deal. I just thought, <laughs> I, I, what I was actually going for was to make it more like um, Like signing up was almost like a declaration, like I hereby declare I will have to blah blah blah, you know. And (laughs) just uh, a regular sort of label form, label form, label form didn't didn't seem the right way to do it. So it's just CSS, right? It's just a different styling on a form. Underneath the hood, it's still still like any regular web form, but it, it. kind of spread like wildfire especially after you know dan and other people were talking about it Luke blue linked to it and all these people so so that was great and it was very gratifying although i had no idea what mad libs was by the way that I, <laughs> really that was a game i'd never come across so yeah. i didn't know what dan was talking about you know <laughs> mad libs it sounds some weird like some weird you know street slang yeah um
0: <laughs> some boston area slang <laughs> yeah yeah
1: what up dan yeah <laughs> um but anyway, so I had people, a lot of people coming and basically just using the form to 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 <laughs> sign up just to test it out. You yeah. know, they, they had no interest in the actual product, Huff Duffer, or the service. They were just interested in the, oh, this is a neat little form. So, so it's you know, fake accounts being set up. And it was actually a bit of a it was a bit of a pain. Um so it and I, I could almost imagine if I did do a big publicity push or did you know spend money on advertising the site, I might get a lot of the same stuff, like people signing up for the sake of signing up. Mm-hmm. Um I think a lot of services have that where, like, what they want is they want people to sign up. They want people, that's, that's their main goal, is get people to sign up. Whereas I'm, I'm quite happy, you know, if you don't sign up, if it's not your thing, it's absolutely fine. Um, so I'm, I'm torn because, on the one hand, I don't want to have, you know, hordes of people descending and signing up and then not actually getting anything out of the service. But on the other hand, I do sometimes feel like, oh, I bet there's one or two people out there who would really benefit from, uh, from Huff Duffer because they'd have the same itch you know, that I had that just to cherry pick songs like that. Um, But yeah, no, I don't really, don't really promote it that much. And it's, it's, it's definitely not a money-making enterprise at all. Very much just, um, yeah, labor of love, I guess. And like I said, because the site is essentially text only, because I'm not hosting audio files, it's not exactly expensive to to run the site. You know, it's, it's not high maintenance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, it's just such a neat, neat thing. And that's where hopefully through this, like, you know, having other, primarily podcasters listen to this show and hopefully they can hear about it. Now, to me, that would be the natural sort of audience to get the word out a bit more about it so that if there is somebody out there who's, you know, letting people know about it on their shows, that kind of thing, just to spread the word. Yeah, well, actually,
1: I mean, it's been great in that the, the promotion that has been done for HuffTuffer has been done not by me, but by people who really like Haftafor. Like, yeah, which you know, is
0: the
1: when, best. Yeah, it's yeah. great. I mean, when, when Merlin is on a show and he'll be saying, oh, yeah, HuffTuffer is a great service. I really like it. And uh, actually... um. Uh, Marshall Kirkpatrick from ReadWriteWeb, and at one point, he recorded a screencast. Here's how I use HuffDuffer, and he, he did it, and I was kind of slapping my forehead going, why didn't I think of that? I, I'm the one running the site. I should be the one making screencasts, and it hadn't even occurred to me, and here's someone. It's not even his website. He just likes it enough that he wants to share it and show people how to use it and stuff, and uh, I remember Matt Howie from Metafilter did a blog post on how he... Uh, he uses, I think, Instacast on, on iOS and how you grab your HuffDuffer feed and get it into Instacast and stuff like this. And again, I was like, I should be blogging that stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, that's that's supposed to be my job. It's kind of great that other people are doing it for me, but I shouldn't rely on it. You know, I should be thinking about these things and actively doing them yeah. instead of being surprised every time someone does it for me.
0: <laughs> well, that's totally, that's how, and I think uh, it's that love of a service and you kind of want it to like, that because that, I've done I think there was I was just trying to find the link I can't remember where it is but I did a screencast too because I was like explaining it to friends or whatever and you know in, in text form or talking you know over a drink or whatever about it and it kind of just doesn't really click and so I was like oh I should just do a screencast of it but yeah it's kind of like you want to share this neat thing and that goes back to I think your idea that it's you don't need to advertise because it kind of it's like when a band gets big, you know, you don't want to <laughs> they sell yeah. out or whatever. <laughs> but it is,
1: I would, I would like to be able to get the idea across easier. And you're right, screencasts are actually really good. And I wish I had thought of it myself. And it's, it's great that you did a screencast. Well, I ended up, doing, I, I've i got an about page on Huff Duffer and I wrote the text. And I realized, oh, maybe there's a, you know, um, a nicer way to consume this. And I didn't think screencasts. And actually, that, that would have been perfect. But what I did do is I got uh, Brad Calvo's very talented illustrator to illustrate the about page because i remember when um when google chrome came out and they commissioned scott mcleod to do a comic book explaining google chrome and you end up reading a 40 page comic book about a web browser and it's like i never would have read a 40 page text document about right. a web browser <laughs> exactly. but i've just sat here and read read all about you know how browser rendering works and it's like oh actually does there's, there's a there's something here you know this idea of using uh comics to explain a concept is um it's a nice trick basically to, so so i got Brad to do uh do some illustrations for the about page which is really nice because it gives you know it it's it, it looks nicer frankly thanks to that and help hopefully gets the gets the idea across as well but uh it it's still I still struggle to have that elevator pitch, you know, that way of describing it. Someone says, so what's Huff Tuffer? Uh, I keep having to explain it in relation to other services. I can only say it's like delicious or it's like Instapaper, but for audio, you know, and then, then you just end up sounding like one of those ridiculous startups, you know, like it's, it's Instagram <laughs> for dogs. It's, you know, yeah. <laughs> Facebook for astronauts or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like this for that. Yeah, yeah
0: totally. What it, that's when you said as soon as you told me or told the story about the the form that's exactly where i remember seeing it cuz uh, probably dan or whoever that i followed at the time linked to it and i remember signing up purely because of that like because of that the fun little form that you did which at the time was just kind of unique enough to Stick out amongst all the other boring forms that people were using for signups and stuff. And
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's a gimmick basically. It's it's no, it's the novelty factor. Mm-hmm. Although um, Luke Luke Reblewski did do some A/B testing with a client um, on on some forms where they they had one version of the form and it was a regular old fashioned form, and the one version was more the Huff-Duffer style. And they did see you know better conversion. But I'm still wary of saying, hey, you know, turn all your forms into this uh, mad lib form because if I'm uh, you know if I'm applying to, you know open a bank account or or get travel insurance or something i do not want to be you know inputting into a, a friendly style form i kind of want that seriousness and i want it you know if i'm doing my tax return i do not yeah. want it to be in a <laughs> mad libs style yeah. style form but for certain kinds of interactions i think uh, i think it can work pretty well
0: yeah i just found actually the article on luke's site which back from well this is one of them anyways from 2010 anyway so it's yeah kind of four yeah. years old but uh yeah seems something like a 25 to 40 percent increase again but depending on the style of
1: yeah And, and 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 to be honest i mean the novelty factor is going to be a big thing if everyone started doing this then it's yeah it's novel anymore so um yeah it's it's essentially a gimmick but for certain kinds of forms i think it could work pretty well
0: yeah um and so one thing i wanted to talk about is in relation to the audience of this show is advice for folks podcasters who are putting out shows in order to do a better job of getting tags into HuffDover if their users are or just yeah advice for for podcast creators what can they and I guess particularly like I I speak web geek stuff a bit but I know some listeners probably are just using a service and don't even maybe know how to get into that kind of stuff but um what advice would you give
1: I guess first thing to say, I mean, this this is also you know it's it's my job to try and figure out this stuff. So, I I need to do a better job of of figuring out that kind of stuff. When you when you give me a URL, I need to be better at figuring out what's the what's the headline, what's the what's a good description, what are the tags in this page. But um, at a, at at the most basic. When you put in a URL, to it goes and grabs that page to see, okay, what – first of all, is there an audio file on this page? And it'll find uh, – if there's one MP3 file, then it'll pre-fill that. If there's multiple, then you, you'd have to choose from a list. And then it grabs the title of the page uh, as as the title. So having a good title element is, uh, is always good. So, you know, if the title of the podcast is My Awesome Podcast uh, – and then you go to you know episode five instead of the title being my awesome podcast, episode five, it just still says my awesome podcast and then right. whoever's half think it has to manually change the title or most people won't change the title and then you end up with you know an undescriptive title um so a good title element is good and then the most basic way of getting the, the sort of metadata in a good description and, and and tags is using the meta element so there's meta name equals description that you can have in the top of your document and the head of your document, and that 's the first place i'll look if there's now meta name equals description content equals, and then it's usually a a string describing your awesome podcast. That's what I'll grab. Um, and likewise, there's a meta element for keywords. Right? This was originally intended for search engines. Gosh, you know, 15 years ago, and they they've kind of fallen out of favor because they were spammed so badly that search engines basically just stopped paying attention to them. But they're you know, kind of still in use. And if you do have a meta keywords. Uh, element in the head of your document, I'll grab those keywords and prefill those tags. But if I come across a page that has neither of those meta elements, then I kind of go to phase two of trying to figure out, okay, what's what's this page about? And for phase two, I use the same code that Readability uses. They open sourced the the code that they use to kind of look at a web document and figure out which bits of the content and which bits are just kind of you know secondary to the content. Um so use that. And it's 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 pretty good. It's pretty good at grabbing that stuff. Sometimes there'll be extra stuff you really probably wouldn't want in the description, like um links to tweet this or um you know uh, some maybe some stuff around the show notes that maybe aren't part of the show notes, they'll still get included. But on the whole, it's pretty good. Um and I think it's from me no, I think there's another API again that I use that basically does a kind of uh uh, an analysis of the whole document and figures out which terms are being used the most, and I'll turn those into tags. So if the same phrase or, or word is used multiple times in a document, then it's a pretty good bet that that's a tag. Um, so it, it it gets fuzzy, basically. If you provide the meta elements, then it's kind of in your hands, and you're saying, this is what I want as the description, and this is what I want as keywords, and that's great. Um, if you don't, then it's kind of left left to a much more fuzzy parser. And sometimes it's fine, and sometimes it's not so fine. You get some really strange tags. Um, but I, I I need to do more um, along those lines um, in terms of figuring out uh, you know what what to use. And also so I, I was saying I grabbed a title of the page. That's not necessarily true. If there's only one MP3 file and you link to that MP3 file using some string of text I would grab that string of text as the title unless the string of text is something like download here or listen now or something. Mm -hmm. I've got like exceptions in place to catch those kind of things and say, okay, that's, that's not actually the title of the podcast. Go, go to the title element again. Um, Maybe I should actually go straight to the title element. I don't know, but this is something I need need to get better at of of figuring out this stuff. And um, actually something that I definitely need to work on. So all, all of the parsing I'm doing right now, it happens on the server. It happens, you give the URL, and then the huffduffer server is using PHP to grab the source and look at what's in it and figure out the description, figure out the text. That's all fine. But more and more podcasters are using SoundCloud. Yeah, that play. was my... <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> this is actually where my uh, renewed... Pa- like, I was, I've been a fan of HuffTuffer for a long time and periodically would mention it. But as of late, uh, and the yeah. SoundCloud's made a big push into podcasting, understandably so... Cause that's, they're an audio service. It seems like a logical fit, but it seems I get more and more see more and more podcasters using it, and and then I try and use Half Duffer makes me angry. <laughs> well,
1: it's it's tricky because, like you say, it's SoundCloud are getting into podcasting, but that's not actually you know where their bread and butter is, and the majority of the content on SoundCloud is music, and so the things you would do for music are sometimes the opposite of what you would do for for podcasting. Yeah. So music generally, you you know you 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 do want to obfuscate that final url you don't want people to be able to just grab it and take it away maybe it's more important that they listen to the song right then because it's only you know three minutes whereas with a podcast where it's you know half an hour an hour long and the whole point of podcasts is that you you listen later you grab it and you take it with you and you you can download it you can stream it wherever then all of those things they've put in place to make it good for musicians is is kind of making it tougher for podcasters um and i i've i talked to someone from south cloud about this and that was kind of what she was saying it was like well you know if they do things to make it better for podcasters they're going to end up pissing off the musicians and 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 vice versa so i do get it but i guess what i have to do now is i have to get my hands dirty in javascript because the way that soundcloud works is you just you just drop one line of of JavaScript, one script element into the middle of your page and it generates the player and it's beautiful and all that and it generates everything. But that means that on the server side, if HuffDafer is saying, okay, grab the source of this page, there is no audio file to be found in that source. I have to wait till um you know the page is actually loaded in a browser before I can go, okay, now is there, you know, has an audio file been injected into an iframe or however it's working. Basically I've got my work cut out for me. Mm -hmm. uh, to do this and I need to get on that um, which is to kind of follow where people are going and if people are using SoundCloud then I have to I have to go with that and figure it out I did look at the SoundCloud API to see if you know there was some help there but it's again they've got this weird system of tokens and they actually they, they do make it hard. Um, if you aren't the owner of the audio, they make it hard for, for someone else to grab that audio, which, like I said, if it's music, that kind of makes sense. If it's a podcast, it, it doesn't make quite as much sense. So I need to get on to that. Um, but, I mean, the main thing is if you have a podcast, if, even if you're using SoundCloud, if you could still just have a link to the audio file just in text and the HTML, that would be great. Just saying, you know, download, just a link or something that says download the audio file that links to an MP3 file. That would be really, really good.
0: Mm-hmm. Which that's where I know for new podcasters, the whole like I think setting up a WordPress blog or whatever that's you know fairly easy to do to in terms of understanding how to post a, an episode, but hosting the file is where it gets kind of fuzzy and frustrating and, and complicated and, and or expensive too, like if you're playing SoundCloud yeah. or Libsyn or or whoever. Um, but yeah, just providing the, the basic link, which I, it yeah. feels like SoundCloud could just make a quick you know flag say this is a podcast or this is a music thing and then don't you know ob- obfuscate? what's the word i'm trying to say don't
1: hide yeah, <laughs> yeah don't hide the <laughs> don't hide yeah, the they have this weird system of tokens and like one-time yeah. tokens and stuff that just makes it really hard to actually get your hands on that that final file yeah it, it's it, yeah it's kind of annoying and with, with the hosting thing you're right it is that's definitely the hard part of podcasting and uh um there, there, there's a few options out there. I mean, I've I've used Amazon S3 in the past, mm-hmm. um, but again, you you know, you have to be a certain kind of geek, I guess, to get set up with an S3 account. Um, in terms of f- free hosting for, for audio files, if you're willing to license your your podcast under a Creative Commons license, then you can host it on Archive.org for free, um, the Internet Archive. In fact, they used to provide a a, a desktop app. Um, I think it was for Mac and Windows that you could you could do it all inside this app. This was a few years ago. I don't know if the app still exists, but certainly the opportunity to have free hosting well forever because it's the Internet Archive mm-hmm. uh, that exists if you're willing to license it under Creative Commons license, uh, whichever Creative Commons license you like.
0: Right, and then I think the maybe where people get the or Archive.org gets a bad rap maybe is the. Um, the speed of delivery right it's not necessarily going to be as fast and so you hear people like a Leo Laporte or a Dan Benjamin or whoever like some of the bigger name podcasters downplaying that maybe but that's
1: fair that's that's a fair point that's because it's not what they do I mean it's not their their main business is streaming audio so that's a fair point
0: but I think uh, by the same token I think most people geeks especially tend to put the cart before the horse and get all worried about the speed when you know in reality it's just your mom may be downloading a podcast, yeah. and I, I know I signed up for Libsyn right away, even though it was like ten people downloading my show, and then none of those ten people would have been worried that it took five minutes instead of two. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's,
1: it's the nice thing about podcasting is it's asynchronous, right? It's that hey, well, people can listen to it or download it whenever they want. Yeah, it's not it's not like doing a, a live stream or a you know simulcast kind of thing where you do need to have a really good backbone of bandwidth set up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So is it basically just you, like as far as development on HuffDuffer? You're it's a.
1: It is. It is me, and.
0: and you bring in people I, occasionally, like you said, with. Uh, well, the Brad, and stuff.
1: The, the illustrations stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, and thinking about it, I should really try and you know open it up if I could figure out little um, individual tasks that uh, I could open up to to the community because there's definitely smart people using HuffDuffer Duffer would be mm. more than happy to help. So. For example, exactly what I was just talking about with like, okay, here's the problem. People are using SoundCloud. How do I, given a document that's using SoundCloud to play the audio, how do you get the audio file? Um, maybe instead of me, you know, scratching my head and figuring that out, I should throw it out there, you know, blog about it, uh, throw it on GitHub or something. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, anyone who wants to take this on uh, or or more, I guess more effectively, if, if a group of people want to get together and discuss it and, and, and throw ideas around, um, that that would be really good. That's something I I kind of ended up doing with a different site. I have this um, Irish music website. Uh, it's a sort of a community site. that has been going for many many years, uh, like over a decade. And for for the past couple of years, I've wanted to redesign it, and it was this huge mammoth task, and it just seemed so overwhelming. I couldn't face it, and I ended up you know getting some help from some people on on sort of discrete tasks. And it made it so much easier for me. It was like, oh, now it's manageable. It's not like they were doing all the work; they were yeah. just doing enough work that it, it it took a weight off my shoulders and made this overwhelming monolithic task suddenly seem easier to do. So I should I should have learned my lesson from that <laughs> you know? and realized I could do the same thing with have effort. That there are lots of people who would who I'm sure be more than happy to help if I if I. Swallowed my pride and asked for help.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like, yeah. I think as humans, we tend to we don't learn very well from our own mistakes. Yeah, and uh, just and
1: just yeah, just don't think of it. You know, it's just yeah, like, oh, I'm, I must do that. I must get around to doing yeah. this task. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and even you, do, yeah, as a nerd, I think there's there's a certain pride and an ego in it as a, as a nerd, you know, developer person, where you are like, I want it to be. Not that you you don't have you have trouble relinquishing some control or whatever, or you know, credit or whatever. But it's just about like, yeah. Mm-hmm. A certain element of weakness or something that comes into play sub- <laughs> yeah. subconsciously or something. Cause.
1: Well, I guess there's always the learning experience. Like, if, well, if I do this, then I I'll yeah. also learn how to do it. Yeah. Skype being Skype.
0: Yeah. It's a funny thing because, again, you know, with podcasters, listeners of the show would be very familiar with when they're producing their podcasts of Skype issues. But I have a brother in law that I do a podcast with that probably, again, like my mother in law is probably the only person listening. But, um, and he's in Australia and in, in this small little town, and so internet, I'm sure, is going through like hoops and probably takes a taxi cab yeah. to get there. And <laughs> and sometimes it's great, like it's just flawless, and then the next time is terrible. But then I'll be talking with someone on a super high speed connection, and Skype still manages to drop it sometimes. So anyways. did you
1: see the? Uh, did you see that video that's been going around on YouTube of um, a conference call in real life? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Yeah
0: it's almost it's like one of those things where it's too painful to watch though yeah, yeah, as a exactly. podcaster anyways <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like oh, i don't want to see it again it's like but
1: it's like a rock band watching spinal tap yeah totally <laughs> yeah
0: is the uh the irish music site that you're mentioning i just wanted to double go, circle back to that is that the session site? Yeah, that's right session yeah, dot org? Org. yeah
1: yeah okay. that's, that's sort of really been the my my labor of love you know even longer than half I guess half has been around for a while now that's it's about 2008 I think I launched half so in internet years that's that's quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that pales compared to the session because that's been that was 1998 or 1999 when it first launched its first iteration. Um, and that's the site I, I guess I'm proudest of I feel like it's my my proudest achievement although before I got around to redesigning it, you know, um, over a year ago, it was also my biggest, you know, point of shame. <laughs> Simultaneously, the thing I was proudest of and the thing I was most ashamed <laughs> of, because it really needed an overhaul. It really needed a redesign. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny because uh, in a way, both those things, Huff Duffer and the session, are are kind of a world away from. Um, you know my my day job of of you know making websites and talking about making websites and you know writing about uh, web technologies and that kind of stuff it's the the Venn diagram of people who are in both worlds is is actually pretty small
0: yeah exactly and that's uh but there's it's just such neat uh as side projects go anyways they're both really neat i I assume the session I just quickly was browsing it because uh, I had a question actually from a developer question from a, f- a friend who had said he'd love to know more about your choice to use. Plain JS JavaScript for the session.org, which, is, which isn't the content of this show, but I thought I'd put it to you anyways. For
1: yeah, awesome no, that's an excellent question. And <laughs> the answer the answer will be three answers, and it'd be performance, performance, performance. <laughs> um, so I don't want to get into too much technical stuff, because uh, I know that's not the, the gist of this show, but um, I do think. Developers develop the habit of um, reaching for a a toolbox of tools automatically without thinking about whether they need them or not. Uh, Like jQuery, for example. Now, jQuery is great. jQuery is a terrific library. Um, But I'd rather wait till I need to solve a problem and then decide, okay, do I need jQuery to help me solve this problem or can I just get on with solving the problem? Um, and, And, you know, a lot of the time, I will need jQuery. I'll say, okay, I, it makes more sense for me to pull in a JavaScript library like jQuery or some other library. But I definitely like waiting until I need the tool before using the tool. There was a really good blog post by uh, Rachel Andrew talking about this called um, Stop, Stop Solving Problems You Don't Yet Have, which is just saying the same thing. Like, Don't reach for all these tools, particularly when they are, are tools on the, on the client side, tools that the user is going to have to download. You know, jQuery modernizer, HTML5 boilerplate, all these things. Wait until you need those things, and then you know, pull them in on a on a case by case basis. So that was very much the case with the the JavaScript on the session. Was that actually I could get pretty far um, just using plain vanilla JS. Also, the way I was using the JavaScript was always as an enhancement. It was never core to the site. So I kind of had the luxury of saying, well, if you don't support this kind this piece of JavaScript. Um, that's okay. I'll just don't execute any JavaScript. Just carry on doing whatever you're doing. In other words, jQuery and libraries like that are really good for uh sort of plugging the holes in older browsers, particularly you know older versions of Internet Explorer, where they don't support this or that feature and th- the library kind of makes them support it, this idea of having a polyfill. Um and in the session, because of the, the way I'm using JavaScript using progressive enhancement, I kinda of have the luxury of saying, hey, if you can if you can execute this JavaScript, go for it. If you can't. Don't, um, and so plain vanilla JavaScript is has been has been absolutely fine for me. Um, I am using jQuery on HuffDuffer, and I wonder if I were to redo the site today, I might I might change my mind about that and maybe rewrite it in, in vanilla JavaScript. Hopefully. Sorry, that that might have been too too. Uh...
0: <laughs> well, I know we, there's enough. Uh, web nerds who listen for to the this show. show, but I yeah. thought it's—it's um, <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's uh, just Skype's fault. <laughs> there should be a—I should start tagging shows in Huffduffer that are Skype <laughs> deficient. Some sort of fu Skype tag or something that we'll think of, and uh, that way people
1: Skype Skype tastic. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, So I guess in in sort of wrapping up, one of the things I ask folks on this show is uh, what podcast do you listen to and what apps do you listen to them in? Um, But one thing I just noticed in my notes that I wanted to circle back to to is um, going back to the tagging of shows for Huff Duffer Mm -hmm. uh, and the ways that uh, publishers, podcast producers can help is uh, it doesn't seem like, uh, and maybe I'm, I'm lazy when it comes to the dev side, so I could be missing something really obvious, but it doesn't seem like WordPress's default tags register with HuffDuffer. Now, that's
1: something I should look into and see how WordPress marks them up. Uh, I believe, now I have to go back and check my own code, I believe one of the things the HuffDuffer parser does is check to see if um, the document is using uh, the rel tag microformat. There's a microformat. So when you have the tags and you're linking to you know, the tag space, you add rel equals tag. And it looks for that, and if it finds it, then it knows that that word is a tag. Um, I don't know if WordPress uses that, and so therefore my issue would be, I guess, I've got no way of knowing that that string of text is a tag, you know, because we don't have a we don't have a tag tag in HTML. Um, Right. But what I could do is check see like, does WordPress always use the same class name? For the paragraph, you know, that links to that has the list of tags, or does it does have the same class name for for whatever it wraps tags in? And if it does, then I guess I could build into my parser um, a way of looking for that, or somebody else could build that, you know, and, and <laughs> share <laughs> the code with me. Yeah, but um, but you're right. I, I, there isn't a, well, if you know what you're doing, you can use the uh, rel tag microformat. format. Um, if you know what you're doing, you can add the meta keywords element. But if you're just using something like WordPress out of the box, then yeah, it's kind of more down to me to figure out that kind of stuff, which uh, I, I guess I should get on to. There's there one thing you can do is if you want to um, allow people to huff stuff stuff easier, the, the URL on Huffduffer for, for adding something, for HuffTuffing it, is is slash add. And you can then put like, you know, a URL, you can add query strings to that, but there's uh, I put in a shortcut, which is, I th- let, me, let me double check what it is. I think it's um, url equals refer. So it's slash add, and then with a query string of url equals refer, it will try and grab whatever, uh, whatever page you just linked from. So if you have a link then on your page, on your podcast page, for listeners to click that just says, you know, half-duff it, and the URL of that link doesn't have to be tailor-made for your website. It can just be this catch-all Add URL equals referrer. Um, then uh, then you've basically told HuffDuffer, hey, go grab the source of, of this page that the user just came from and start doing the parsing on that page. So that's something that, that I guess podcasters could do. Right. I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it. We should do a screencast. But, a screencast, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Or a comic. Yeah, uh, totally. the, yeah. <laughs> um, so, of those tricks, but there's definitely a lot of it is is down to me. It's, a lot of it is is I need to improve the parser so that yeah, if you've gone to the trouble of of including tags on your episode page, I should somehow be able to you know figure out okay, those are tags. But like I said, it is tricky when HTML itself doesn't have um, you know a standardized way of mm-hmm. of saying these are tags and this is a description and this is the title and stuff. So yeah. It gets a bit fuzzy, it gets and that's ridiculous. what I
0: only ask. I'm not just trying to be selfish about my own stuff because I use WordPress, but I think it is the one of the defaults that most podcasters will run to first as far as setting up a show. And I, I was doing the, the the dumb developer thing or whatever, where I just assumed things were working, and then I would, you know, I'd huffed off say something from like I said, like Five by Five or Dan or whoever, and it looked great. And then I never actually huffed off my own stuff because I listened to it you know, enough already <laughs> through editing and then went and actually have to have something of my own just to try it out. And I was like, oh, actually nothing seems to be <laughs> going there. But I, I as much as I'm trying to it maybe sound like I'm throwing it on you, I I think there's an onus too on folks to help.
1: Well, get, at, at Especially the, when it's the, a
0: free service that you're doing. Yeah, inside. but
1: at, at the very least I could provide a document on HuffTeffer that says, you know, podcaster and then just <laughs> you know a list of here's some things you can do to make your make your podcast, you know, more easily half-duffable, yeah. uh, right? So that, that wouldn't take me long. I, I, it would basically be me writing down what I've just said in this, <laughs> in this interview. So there's one more thing I could do or somebody could do. And, I, you know, I, I, th- I think we can, we can meet each other halfway, right? Yeah. Yes, there's, there's, there's more I could be doing. There's more podcasters could be doing. But, yeah, um, sharing the knowledge definitely would be a start.
0: Yeah, I see you through in the chat room too, and I'll put that in the show notes <clears throat> as far as, <coughs> excuse me, got something. I get all emotional when I talk about Huff is. <laughs> it's understandable.
1: <laughs> it's understandable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we'll put that in the show notes, which you can find, by the way, at SSKTN.com and uh, look for the Show Me Your Mic logo and then Jeremy Keith's smiling face of some sort. So I haven't found a picture yet, I'll, I'll look, plenty of pictures of you on the web, I think, so I guess, did Skype cut out again?
1: It did. I put out a little bit again.
0: I said many nice things about you, so that's. I can't believe you. But yeah, in, in, in wrapping up, I, I'd like to hear what podcasts you listen to, and uh, and then what apps you you choose to listen to them in. Um, so whether, whether it's your top five or or whatever, however many podcasts you might happen to listen to, what's.
1: So um, I have exactly three RSS feeds in my Podcatcher. If that's the word we're using, um, <laughs> one is one is my Huffduffer. RSS feed and I'll talk about what's in that but the uh, the two that I actually fully subscribe to and in, in, in that you know I don't want to miss an episode are uh Radio Lab um because I think it's pretty great um and there's a a, a film podcast here in the UK which is uh, Mark Kermode's uh film podcast it's on uh, BBC um 5 and that's every Friday and that's pretty great so those, so Radio Lab and the Marker Mode Film Podcast are the two that I permanently subscribe to. And then everything else I do through Huffduffer, where I kind of cherry pick. But a lot of the stuff that will keep coming up again and again in my Huffduffer feed, if you were to look through it, would be uh, a lot of NPR stuff, right? A lot of kind of short um, things, maybe about food, maybe about uh, language, maybe about technology, various things. Um, I'll often huffed up episodes from the long now foundation they do seminars i think once a month and they record them and they release the audio and uh, i'll almost always end up huffeduffing that then there's a lot of the technical stuff you know from the web world so you'll find episodes of um well things like the non-breaking space show i'll have episodes of um uh, shop talk show, which was really fun with uh, Chris Coyer and dave Rupert um and then occasional things of you know the um Big web show. Although now that i switched to SoundCloud, I really have to figure out <laughs> a way of getting at the audio. Yeah. Uh, the Happy Monday podcast, uh, similar thing. and Andy Clark is doing uh, Unfinished Business, um, so I'll, I'll grab occasional episodes of that if it sounds like it's it's going to be fun. Um, Jared Spool does the Spoolcast, and those are those are generally pretty good. You know, I mean, it'll depend on the subject matter whether it's something that interests me, but um, they're usually you know good good podcasts um so a mixture of that kind of you know that technical stuff the the long now stuff I guess, is more thinky uh, NPR stuff is a is a bit of everything um, and Isn't then there
0: is there sorry to interrupt is there issues with NPR and half to because they do a little bit of that
1: They've, they've actually been okay. Probably, okay. Well, it depends. It's just, it depends on the show. Yeah. Um, for their general radio stuff, um, it's generally fine. It's like, you know, the four or five-minute segments, and right. it's an MP3 file, and you can just grab it. When they're doing more music-based stuff, and I'm sure it's for licensing reasons, and they have very good reasons for doing this, they kind of make it so you have to listen in the NPR player. Right. Um, yeah. So a lot of the music shows I can't get hold of, and I understand why that is. Um, but yeah, I... Um, then apart from that, it's just like cherry-picking stuff from the web, like the occasional BBC uh, podcast, you know, one episode of one series by that, that's out in BBC, like uh, um, Desert Island Discs or From Our Own Correspondent, these kind of classic, very British um, radio shows. Um, and then just finding, yeah, single audio files, you know, somebody made a recording of a, a conference talk or uh, a presentation somewhere and they've, they they went to the trouble of recording the audio and uh, I'll I'll grab that and listen to that. So those those one-off things can be can be where the real sort of gold can be found.
0: Yeah, and that's where I think part of my desire to promote Huffduffer is that it is a little more fun. Like most web things, properties, searches, or uh, sites, it's more fun when there's other folks involved because you can, like right now, I can look through your the shows that you've Huffduffed over the years and grab random yeah. things that and
1: and and what what a tried to do from the start with Huffduff was that wherever there was a an HTML page that had a list of you know audio episodes or audio files, that there would always be a corresponding RSS feed that you could just drop into your Podcatcher. So it's not only that you could subscribe to everything I've Huffduff, but you could subscribe to everything I've Huffduff that's been tagged with uh, Big Web Show or everything I've Huffduff that's been tagged with uh, Web Design. Mm-hmm. Um, or I could subscribe to Everything that everyone's HuffDuffed that's tagged with uh, linguistics or history or science yeah. or stuff like that. So wherever there's a list of of files, there's always a corresponding RSS file. So you could subscribe straight to just the topics that interest you, um, and have them just magically appear in your in your your iPod when uh, when new episodes have been huffduffed.
0: Yeah, which is great because again, picking on not picking on, but using <laughs> Merlin Mann as an example. Like often he'll. Talk about comics, and you know that he probably goes and listens to comic podcasts somewhere else. And so you could just follow the comics tag under Merlin Man, let's say, and have that as a feed in your. And it, it kind of basically creates your own little podcast show that you listen yeah. to of those yeah. episodes that he happens to be Huff Duffy or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean that assumes that people are tagging, you know, stuff yeah. while using the But even without that, there's still a pretty good search functionality on mm-hmm. Um Just searching for a phrase like comics or science or, or something should return some some relevant. It's a very webby kind of thing. This kind of um, you know, just stumbling across stuff that you you, you would never have found otherwise. I, I, yeah. I like that. You know, it's like when, when you're on Wikipedia and you're looking at one thing and then 20 minutes later, you've ended up on this page that's like, how did I get here? Yeah. You know, what? how did I end up reading this article? I like to think that it's, you know, people end up listening to stuff that they found in HuffTuffer and would maybe stop and step back and say, wait, how did I, how did I end up listening to this?
0: <laughs> totally. Because there is a lack in the sense of uh, some of the social sort of... Uh, podcasting can be kind of like a, a lone venture both the producing and then the the listening of it is it's not something yeah. you do so much collectively but it's i think this that's what i love about half Duffer is that that idea well,
1: well to be honest i, I resisted uh, very much from the start, I resisted making it another social network. Mm-hmm. I did not want to have the idea of, you know, you, your friends on Haftoffer and stuff like that. But I did, after after the first, I guess, half year, year, I did introduce this idea of, of a collective. In other words, you can choose to add people to a collective. And then you can see what that collective bunch of people... It's a terrible name, but you try and come up with a good name for, you know, a <laughs> group of people. And uh, um, the idea that, okay, there is actually value in saying... These 10, 15 people generally have stuff I'm interested in, so I want to group them all together in one place and be able to see the latest stuff that they've huffed stuff to maybe subscribe to that. But I actually resisted um, making it yet another social network, especially when HuffDuffer came out in 2008. There was a lot of sites that really were just yet another social network. So it's true enough it can be quite a, you know, a lonely activity, to have the podcasting on your own and the listening on your own, but um, I didn't want to force people to be – to be social if they don't want to be social you know
0: <laughs> yeah and that's what i, I appreciate too cuz it's not well it's chicken and egg i guess a bit cuz there isn't a lot of folks that i know you know if uh, i don't i'm not asking you to build this but like you know if it had the traditional you find your friends on twitter right. who are yeah. on HuffTuff or whatever like i don't i don't think it needs that either and no but, i think
1: i think what would be what would be more useful is more you might be interested in this this uh, audio file right Exactly. that, that would be useful
0: yeah. yeah yeah totally but again that's where i i I appreciate that it's uh it allows me to go find that with the amount of tagging and linking and like every single like you said having rss feeds on just about every single page that I could subscribe to means you can find yeah. pretty much anything you want and yeah
1: actually so um second part of your question was uh, about what uh what software I use to right. listen to Yeah. so kind of related this idea of like, I've got an, RS, uh, an RSS feed for every page because then the question is well how do people get that RSS feed into whatever software they're using um, I've tried out a few different apps on iOS um, uh, I tried Apple's podcast app um, and maybe it's improved now but boy that was that was just <laughs> crashy crashy m- crash town <laughs> Uh, when it first launched, that's a technical term, right? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, not even that it's like the app would crash; it was crashing, crashing my whole phone. It was, Oof. it was really bad. Uh, I mean, it was cute having the, the tape spool animation and all that. But uh, oh yeah,
0: it's um, they've changed since then. It's uh, the a yeah. new version is different, but yeah, that's okay.
1: right. All all skeuomorphism is now banned. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I I didn't go back to it. I'm sure it's better now. But um, my I'm 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 a bit torn because there's two apps that I think probably equally good and that's downcast and instacast hmm. um yeah. i've tried both and i like both and they both they basically do much the same thing um they both work well and they both allow you to you know import an rss feed from for example huffduffer um so they both work well with huffduffer i i found myself using instacast more but that's i don't think there's any particular reason for that it's just it's, you know, toss of a coin. Um, they both seem pretty good to me.
0: Yeah, it seems to be we're headed into uh, what feels like it's going to be the year of podcast app development. Uh, heaven or Nirvana or or hell, I guess. It, if you well,
1: it'll <laughs> certainly be really interesting to see what Marco Armand comes up with.
0: Yeah, and that's what I was meaning with him sort of entering the, yeah. the arena.
1: Um, I mean, if you're, here's me describing... Huff for it was, well, it's like Instapaper for audio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the guy who made Instapaper is getting into audio. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's going to knock it out of the park. Well, he's, hes I guess expectations are pretty high for whatever he's uh, whatever he's got coming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where, where yeah, we end up. Very
1: in. interesting. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. Well, thanks, Jeremy, for joining me here and showing me your mic. Where can folks uh, find you, stalk you, the usual sort of internet digits?
1: Well, um, so my username on just about everything is Adactio, A-D-A-C-T-I-O. So, um, you know, I'm on HuffDuffer as Adactio, <laughs> HuffDuffer.com slash Adactio. But he doesn't
0: want to be your friend on HuffDuffer. <laughs> he just wants you part of his collective.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. If you HuffDuff stuff, I'll, I'll add you to my collective. Yeah. <laughs> um, and on Twitter I'm Adactio as well. And my own website. That's the main place. Um, you know, that's that's my home on the web, is Adactio.com. And it's I, I write there pretty much all the time. If I'm not writing blog posts, then I'm at least linking to stuff um on a daily basis. Um some of it's web dev stuff. I I guess a lot of it is web dev stuff and some of it's just other stuff I'm interested in, um, be it you know, science fiction or uh, Irish music or or who knows what, but a bit of a grab bag.
0: So, yeah, my thanks to Jeremy for joining me on Show Me Your Mike. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you enjoy this show, uh, and there's this is now up into episode 36, I think we're up to, of podcast-related shows here on Show Me Your Mic, and then there's other shows that we do on SSKTN. Uh, and actually, if you're interested in sort of the direction and uh, future of SSKTN, Some friends and I do a show called The Intellectual Radio Program, Adam Clark and Tim Smith. And we just recently launched or announced that we're launching a a new podcast site in the next coming months, uh, which you can hear, uh, which episode is that, ssktn.com slash tirp slash 21. We'll give you all the details as of right now anyways, where we're at with that. But we'd love to bring you along onto the new thing that we're building uh, and hope you will join us there in the future, assuming we build it. (laughs)